This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I'm so excited to, to be here this morning and to, to share with you guys. And uh, yeah, it's such a privilege to be able to share the Word of God. Amen. And I don't take it lightly to have the opportunity this morning. So we've, um, we've been busy with a, a series on leadership. And uh, we've been, the series is called um, Leading from the Throne Room. Uh, and this morning I want to continue with, with that series. And I want to on, answer the question this morning, why pray? As leaders, why pray? That's the, uh, that's the question that I want to uh, answer. And when I speak about leaders, why pray as a leader, um, when, I, when I mention leaders, I'm speaking about fathers that needs to lead the children. I'm speaking about husbands that's needing to lead their families. I'm speaking about mothers that needs to lead their children and their families. I'm speaking about children that needs to um, lead their younger siblings. Uh, I'm speaking about business people, businessmen and, and ladies that's got your, maybe you've got your own company and you're leading a company. I'm speaking, speaking about someone in your, in your job situation, you, you're looking after a team and you're leading that team. Um, I'm speaking to someone that's just a normal worker, but you're leading yourself and you you're leading and influencing other colleagues. Point being, this morning I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to all of us, because all of us in some capacity, one way or another, we are leading in one form or another. This question, um, why praise, is also so relevant to believers and unbelievers alike. Because it's the praise of the believers that softens the heart and opens the doors for the unbeliever to come into Christ, come to relationship with Christ. Like me, I know that if it wasn't for my mother praying, my father praying, um, my brother praying and inviting, my grandma praying, still praying, I would definitely have not encountered the love of Christ and wouldn't be in a relationship with Jesus Christ today if it hadn't been for their prayers. So this morning, in short, I'm speaking to all of us. All of the, to all of us, this question is relevant. Why? Why pray? But... Um, yeah, before I get into it uh, and into the message, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Father, thanks that, thank you that we can come to you as children this morning, full of faith and knowing that you're a good God, a loving Father, and knowing that nothing that we can do, God, can make your love more real to us. You're an unconditional lover of us, God. Thank you, God, that we don't come this morning to try and win your love or earn your love, God. Thank you that we know that you love us. Father, thanks that we don't have to come with special or, or great praise, God, but just with praise of children. We invite you into our hearts, God. I invite you into my heart. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak through me. Use the words that I speak, Lord, to powerful, powerfully impact us this morning. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so before we get into the, the why, why pray, I first just want us to touch for a few minutes on what is prayer. Okay, because when we speak about prayer, um, we all got like a preconceived idea in our head. The word pray is such a Christianese word. Christianese, do you know that language? They are blessed, brother. Holy, holy, you know, those, those type of words. Oh, it's going well with me, but meanwhile, it's not going so well. All the... 
of a Christianese word. So, so prayer is also such a Christianese word in a sense that it's a, we've got a certain image of what prayer means in our minds. And this morning I want to challenge us to actually remove the box from which we've placed prayer in. And we're going to just read to us some, some quotes of men of God um, that's been powerfully used by God and what they say prayer is. Just to shatter the boxes, the limitations that we put around prayer and what prayer is to us. Okay? Can we do that? Okay. So read, read with me. The first quote there is from Dr. Ralph Martin. He says, prayer is at root simply paying attention to God. Paying attention to God. Andrew Murray says, prayer is not monologue but dialogue. God's voice is its most essential part. Listening to God's voice is the secret of the assurance that he will listen to mine. John Piper says, prayer is an open admission that without Christ we can do nothing. Prayer is an expectation of faith in God's power, fueled by desire for more of him. A.W. Tozer says, prayer at its holiest moment is the entering into God, where miracles seem tame by comparison. Isn't that cool? Entering into God, where even miracles seem tame in comparison to entering into God. Charles Spurgeon says, True prayer is neither mere mental exercise nor vocal performance. It is a spiritual commence with the creator of heaven and earth. Another one from Charles Spurgeon says, Prayer itself is an art which only the Holy Ghost can teach us. He is the giver of all prayer. Pray for prayer. Pray till you can pray. I like that. Pray for prayer. Pray until you can pray. Billy Graham, last two quotes. Billy Graham says, In the morning, prayer is the key that opens us to the treasure of God's mercies and blessings. In the evening, it is the key that shuts us up under His protection and safeguard. Also, Billy Graham also says, True prayer is a way of life, not just for use in case of emergency. Make it a habit. And when, you need, when your need arises, you will be in practice. Make it a habit. And when your need arises, you'll be in practice. Okay, so I hope that gives us a little bit of a picture, a little bit of an idea of what prayer is. And hopefully it, it pushed out the boundary walls a little bit of where we've placed the word prayer in our, in our mind. Um, but at this point, I also just want to share with you this. The message that I'm sharing this morning is no, not so much a message of experience of coming to share with you all my years of experience in prayer. It's also not a message of coming to share with you my deep knowledge of the scripture and what prayer is. This message is much, much more invitation for you into what God has been doing in the last two weeks in my heart and my life, challenging me and confronting me when I read scripture as I spend time in prayer and as I was reading on men of faith that's been used by God mightily, I've just been confronted with the prayerlessness in my own life. I've been convicted about how little I spend with prayer. So it's more invitation for you to come and join me on, on the journey that I've been on for the last two weeks. And, and a little bit that I've learned and I realized that prayer needs to be practiced. Prayer is not something we grow in by just reading. Prayer needs to be practiced. So in two weeks, there was little practice for me. Some practice, but not enough. So I've actually made a conclusion for myself that this year, 2018, um, my one faith goal for this year is to learn how to pray. This is my personal faith goal. God, teach me. I've been praying the prayer. Jesus, teach me how to pray. Because Jesus 
is the ultimate intercessor. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, continually praying for us. He knows how to pray. I'm just saying, Jesus, come Lord, teach me how to pray. So thanks for coming to join me this morning and listening to what's going on in my mind the last two weeks. Um, it's exciting to have you here. That's just a joke. You can actually laugh. That's good. Getting more smiling, smiling going this morning. Okay, so let's get into it. So these are the kind of questions that I've just been asking myself. Why pray? And there was these different questions that I had to wrestle through. And the first question that, that came to mind, uh, why pray? I asked myself, if God knows everything, and he, if He's sovereign, and He's God, He guess knows what I'm going to pray, uh, and He knows what His will is, so He's probably any guess going to do His will. Why do I even bother praying? Why do I even pray if, if God knows what He wants to do, and He's sovereign, and He knows what I'm going to say? Why even come to Him in prayer? But as I was asking that to God, and as I was reading Scripture, that statement that, that God only does what He wants to do doesn't tie in with what I see in Scripture. Because there's many occasions where ordinary people like you and me prayed and God actually changed his plans. He was going to do one thing and, and ordinary people prayed and God actually changed what he was going to do. He didn't change who he is because God is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow. Amen. But he changed the plans because of simple human beings like me and you praying. I mean, we all know the, the scripture in uh, 2 Chronicles 7. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, turn from their wickedness, wicked ways and pray i god will hear from heaven i'll forgive their trespasses and i will heal the land if we pray god will heal the land and isn't that exactly what we are seeing god is busy doing in our country aren't you guys excited with me about what god is doing and busy doing in our country he's busy reshaping restructuring leadership and we've heard it said the last couple of weeks that everything rise and fall on leadership and God is busy work, working in our parliament, working in our government, and that's so amazing. But it's interesting that less than a year ago, for the first time in the history of South Africa, more than a million people gathered together to repent, to ask God for forgiveness, and to pray that He will come and heal our land. Less than a year ago. Isn't it interesting that in uh, Sunday afternoons at 3.30, the night team, they've been specifically praying into government things, praying for the ANC, trusting that God would give wisdom, trusting that God would shape, that, that God would steer, that God would guide. Isn't it interesting that people, other church groups in, in town has also been praying the same thing. They've been going to buildings and just doing prayer marches around town, the um, city hall. Isn't it interesting that in Cape Town, they were praying in parliament, in, um, in the parliament building, they've been praying and asking God. Isn't it interesting that people have been praying and we're starting to see a shift? Is it coincidence? I like this, um, this quote from William Temple. He says, when I pray, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. And I want to agree with that. Because I've experienced when I pray, things happen, coincidences happen. When I don't, they don't. But that's not the main thing why I want to pray. That was just the question that came up. But that's not the main thing. That's not what stirs me to pray. That's not what gets my prayer juices going. The next thing uh, I went to is, is it because it was commanded by God in Scripture? Is it because Jesus modeled prayer? Is it because the disciples practiced prayer? Is that why I want to pray? Is that why I want to learn and grow in prayer? I mean, Jesus modeled prayer. If you, if you look in, in the Gospels, 
Um, basically, before or after every significant miracle, Jesus withdrew from the crowd, and he actually spent time with God. Before or after, he spent time in prayer. Before he chose the 12 disciples, before he made that important decision, what did he do? He spent the night in prayer. What did he do before he went to the cross? He spent the night in, in prayer. So Jesus modeled prayer to us. The disciples practiced prayer. Where were the, where were the disciples when um, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened in Acts 2? They were in the upper room in unity, praying together. They'd actually been praying for a number of days already. They'd been praying, seeking the presence of God. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the apostles later say that they're going to like, give different tasks to different people in the church, but they themselves are going to con- focus on continually being in the Word and being in prayer, the apostles. Okay, so we see it in Scripture, but still that's not why. That gets me stirring a little bit, but that's not why I want to pray. So the next thing I went to is, I realized that, why pray? Because I want to I wanna be fighting for the kingdom of God and not just be on the defense. I want to actually be taking ground, not just standing my man. Okay, so I'm going to take you to a scripture here in um, Ephesians 6, verse 1, uh, Ephesians 6, 11 to, to 18. Just read with me and then I'm going to explain to you what I, what I mean. We're speaking here about the armor of God, okay? And why pray? Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Let's say that, not against flesh and blood. Awesome. But against rulers, against authorities, against the power of darkness, this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So the first important thing is that our, our fight is not against human beings. Our fight is not against man or woman. Our fight is against principalities. Our fight is in, in, the, in the spirit. Now look at what, what verse 13 says. It says, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil come, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with, your, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, so what have we been speaking about? We're speaking about the armor of God and that scripture, it takes us from feet to head. It says, of feet, we must have the sandals, the readiness to spread the gospel because that protects our feet. We must have a belt on the good, good our launch with truth so that we're not caught with our pants down. Amen. We must have the breastplate of righteousness on because so we, when we're str- struck by a sword on our chest, we actually it doesn't penetrate because the breastplate of righteousness is on us. We've got a helmet of salvation. When we are hit against the head, we can still stand. It doesn't actually injure us them that much because we've got protection on our head. We've got the shield of faith so when the enemy's arrows come, we can push them away. So all of that speaks about protection, speaks about armor, right? Then there's one thing that the scripture says. There's only one weapon that we have. What's the weapon? The word. The sword. All of that speaking about armor. Then there's one thing, the sword, which is the word of God. Written word, the scripture, the Bible. Also the spoken word, the rhema word, the prophetic word of God. Okay. 
But at that point of time, picture yourself in armor, in your full armor, and you've got your sword, which is the word of God, but you're still not fighting. You're just standing with your sword and your armor. You're not fighting. Are you with me? And look at this. I've never seen this before, but verse 18, it says there, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In other words, the, the way that we activate the sword, the way that we activate the Word of God is through prayer. If we don't pray, we've just, we're basically just standing with the arm of God, with the sword of God in our hands, but nothing happens. We'll just be defending. And I had to come to myself to say, I don't want to just be, be defending for the rest of my life. I want to take ground in the kingdom. Amen? I want to do damage against the kingdom of darkness. So what do I need to do? I need to speak the word of God. Release the word of God. Prophesy. I need to demand things to, to, to go. I need to ask God for his promises. Are you with me? Now this is starting to stir in me. This now started to stir in me. Wow, okay. If this is what prayer is about, then I want to I wanna start to pray. Because I want to be fighting. Not just be equipped. I want to actually be fighting. But it's still not the main thing. Then I asked a question, or the thought came to mind that the problem is not the problem. What if the problem is not the problem? Let's go to Romans 8, verse 5 to 6. I'm going <clears> to <throat> show you what I mean. Verse 5, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the, flesh, on the fleshly desires. But those who live according, in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. Let's say that flesh is death. Flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Let's say that life and peace. Okay, so he's speaking about living by the flesh and living by the spirit. Now what do I mean when I say the problem is not the problem? I'm going to say that if we are struggling with sin in our life, any sin, Let's take lying, stealing, um, pornography, uh, uh, messing around, sleeping around, getting drunk, drugs, whatever it is. That's not the real problem. The problem is not the sin. Because the definition of sin is to miss the mark. That's what sin means. Sin means we miss the mark. What is the mark? Mark is relationship with God. Intimacy with God through prayer. That is, that's the mark. That's what God wants us to hit. Do you think the devil is worried about which sin you enticed in? Which sin you were taken captive by? His main purpose is just to get you to, and get me to miss the mark. He's not worried about this, the sin. So he w- loves that we like fight this battle of getting over my addiction of, of um, a drunkenness and, and, and of getting, dealing with the drugs. He wants us to fight and, and keep contending for that thing and focus on that thing. You know, then he's laughing because we're just so focused. While we focus on trying to get rid of that in our lives, we're missing the mark of spending time with God. And what, this, what I'm trying to say is that if we would just stop focusing on, on our sin and start focusing on God and start spending time in his presence and start praying, letting impact that slowly but surely the things of the flesh will grow away. The sin will fall away. So the problem is not really the problem. The problem is not the sin or the things that we've been stuck in. That's not the problem. The problem is I'm not spending time with God. That's the problem. I'm living in the flesh. That's the real problem. 
I want to give you an example to, to bring it home, especially for the married couple. So in my life, when I go, I wake up, I spend time in the Word, I spend time in prayer. Okay, so I'm, I'm living by the Spirit, right? Then I go to work, and work happens. And stress comes, and, and busyness comes, and, and uh, maybe I hear something that I don't like, don't like, or someone says something nasty about me, or whatever, and I'm starting to like be agitated and irritated at work, and I don't bring that to God. I actually just try harder, try work faster, try getting the job done. I try to run to people to get affirmation, try to uh, fill my needs that I've gotten now by people. By the end of the day, I'm totally knackered. I'm like so tired and I'm driving home. And because I'm now actually shifted from living in the spirit of the morning to living in the flesh, my thinking is, oh, I just want to come home to a peaceful home where my wife, my lovely wife, has, you know, cooked a meal for me and everything is nice. And she's going to just, you know, affirm me as a husband and a leader. And she's going to say, wow, you did such a good job today at work, Stephen. And, you know, so you're such a great guy. And this is all the things that the desires in my heart, you know. I want, it, I want that to be, I want to be fed by her. But on the other side, on, on her world, she's been dealing with kids and she's been dealing with work and she's been dealing with cleaning the house and she's been dealing with a lot of things and she's also stressed, also tired, also naked. She's just thinking, wow, when can Stephen come home? I just want to give Francie to him a little bit so I can just have a little bit of quiet, a little bit of rest. You know, I just want him to also clean a little bit of some of the dishes. That's, that's your, my desire. I, I want that from him. She's also maybe gone into that place of the flesh. So we come home and we share a couple of words and, and the one just gives the wrong look, you know. Uh, or one just uh, uh, puts the, the, the plate in the, in, the, in the basin without washing it, or, or the, the food is not hot enough, or she doesn't affirm me enough, you know, and there's a big you know, explosion, and oh, if you had only done this, if you would only believe in me, if you can only start loving me for who I am, if you can only accept me, you know that kind of argument? If you would only have done this. But the problem is not really the dishes. The problem is not that I've come off an hour late. The problem is not that um, she didn't say that I'm the greatest man. That's not the problem. The problem is I've shifted from living by the Spirit to living in the flesh. And I'm trying to get certain needs and desires in me met through her that can only be met by God Himself. We've been designed in such a way to live by the Spirit. And the spiritual things can only be met, our spiritual desires can only be met by God. Not in the flesh. Are, are, you, are you with me? So this is why I'm saying, this is what, what's starting to stir in me, why I want to pray. Because how do I learn to live in the Spirit and not in the flesh? Because we can be filled with the Spirit, baptized with the Spirit, have the Spirit live in us, but still live by the flesh. So this is stirring me to pray because it affects my daily life. It affects my relationship with my wife. It affects my relationship with, with my daughter. It affects my relationship with people at work. It affects me on a daily basis. This is starting to stir in me. Stephen, I need to start, spend time in prayer because I want to be living in the Spirit, by the Spirit. But it's still not the ultimate thing. Then I said, why pray? Because of the presence of God, the power of God, prophecy. You know, the presence of God. Why do I want to be in the presence of God? Prayer brings us, ushers us into the presence of God. Why do I want to be in the presence of God? Because in the presence of God, I am changed. And I know I need to be changed. I know there's evil in me. I know there's, there's, there's wrong desires in me. I know there's wrong mindsets in me. I need to be conformed. I want to be transformed into the image of Christ. And the only way that that is possible is for me to actually get in contact with Christ himself, to get in contact with the presence of God. And in his presence, I'm changed. I want to be changed. 
So I want to come into His presence because when we taste the goodness of God, it's easy to let go of the rubbish that's in our hands. Who's experienced the goodness of God in prayer? Just when you experience the presence, the sweet presence of God. I mean, there's nothing like that. When you experience that presence, it's easy to let go of the things. It's easy to let go of our mindsets and our way. So that's why I want to pray because I want to get into the presence. I want the power of God. Why? To be the man of the hour. No. I want to have the power of God because the more you start praying for people, the more you realize that if God's power doesn't um, accompany your prayers, then we're just nice people saying nice, comforting words to people. But nothing actually changes in their life. If it's only our words, then we're very encouraging, but nothing changed for that person. And there's a God in heaven that loves people so much and he wants his power, he wants to let his power flow through us so that people can see that there's a loving father that wants an intimate relationship with these people. But if it's not for his power, we're just very encouraging, but nothing actually happens. So this is why I want to grow in prayer. I want to learn how to pray. I want to ask Jesus to teach me how to pray because I want there to be power when I pray for someone. That when someone's sick, that they actually get healed. Because I know that's God's desire. But I need to learn to, to usher in God's presence. To usher in God's power into that situation. When someone's struggling financially, I want to be praying and I want to see some shift happen. And that person actually coming to Christ because now God's love has become manifest, real to them. Suddenly they can see, wow, there's a God in heaven that loves us. It's not theory anymore. It's practical. God has come close. That's why we desire the power of God to be in our midst. The only way we can get in Pray the prophetic word. Prophetic word is what guides my life. The word of God and the prophetic word that someone speaks over my life, or the word that God lay, lays in my mind. The prophetic word is what guides me. Otherwise, I'm like a, a piece of grass just blown about by the wind. You know, here today, there tomorrow. But it's the prophetic word that actually guides us. How do we get into into prophesying? How do we get into the prophetic word? It's through prayer. Learning how to pray. Learning how to spend and abide in Christ. But that's still not the main reason. Here's the main reason. The main reason why I've come to a conclusion, or what I've come to a conclusion last two weeks, why I want to pr pray, is because I want a relationship with Jesus. I want intimacy with God. Isn't that the greatest privilege? As a mere human being to be invited into having conversation and communion and... Com and, and um, Speaking to a God that is the creator of the universe. A God that is all-powerful, inviting us into relationship. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't it just blow your mind? That a little finite human like me can actually speak to God who created all things? Relationship. Intimacy. And I had to ask myself this question. I want to ask you this question. I want you to be real and honest this morning and actually raise your hand. Who of you spends every day more than, more than five minutes in prayer? Who spends more than five minutes in prayer? Okay, cool. Who spends more than 15, 15 minutes in prayer? Okay, cool. Who spends more than 30 minutes in prayer? Okay, who spends more than an hour in prayer? Just imagine this. My hand was also going down here at about 15 minutes. As I said, I was being confronted about the prayerlessness in my own life. But you know, I worked it out that every day, if you spend 15 minutes in prayer with God every day, you're giving God 1% of 
of your day. 1% of the time that you have a day. 15 minutes equals 1%. That means for the rest of your life, if you spend 15 minutes in prayer, the day that you pass away, the day that you die, you're going to have, you're going to have been spending a sum total of 1% with God. Is that not shocking? We sing songs, God, you're my everything. Lord, have all of me. Jesus, you're my first love. Jesus, you my beginning and my end. Lord, guide me. Lord, I want to know you. But somewhere the equation doesn't match. 1%. I don't want to come to the end of my life and have 1% of my life spent on the thing that's most precious and probably the biggest reason why I'm here on earth. I want to start to learn and grow. The exciting thing is that I can grow into spending 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%, 6%, 7%, 8%. When I die, don't you want to open your eyes and, and wake up to Jesus and actually recognize Him because you've been spending time with Him here on earth? And you just actually continue with the conversation that you've been having with Him all along. And it's almost like, wow, Father, I'm so happy to be home. Or do you want to come there and you say, oh, Jesus, and he says, no, I'm actually Peter. Oh, sorry. Uh, um. So, guys, if, if, we are, if I'm honest, if I'm really believing the Bible, if the Bible is really true, if God is real and he's alive, and if I can really have a relationship with God, and if... I really believe in eternity after this life. Then surely I want to consecrate more of my life to prayer and getting to know this God that I'm going to spend eternity with in heaven. Amen? It's a nice song that. Yeah, let me, let me just read you a scripture. Romans 8 verse 14 to 15. I also have never, never seen this, this before. You can just go on to the scripture. Yes, awesome. Romans 8 verse 14 to 15. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry out, Abba, Father. What does this mean? It means I've never seen this. I've never seen this before, this two weeks. But the Spirit that, if we've been filled with the Spirit of God, if you've been filled by the baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that God has given you, that's within you, the Holy Spirit in me, is continuing, continually crying out, Abba, Father. What does it mean? He's continuing Longing to have relationship with Father God. He's crying out on our behalf, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father, 24-7 a day. He's crying out. The Spirit in me is crying out for connection, for conversation, for relationship with God that is in heaven. This is the Spirit in me. Always, always. This is what the Spirit is doing. And in heaven, Jesus is sitting next to Father God, and He's interceding on our behalf. He's continually praying. On our behalf to the Father, Father, look at my boy, look at my, my girl, look at the Father, bless her, Lord, meet her. Father God is, is so drawn to the Spirit that is within me, in me and within you. He's longing 
for the Spirit that He's poured out onto us because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit is one. So the Father is drawn to the Spirit in me. The Spirit in me is drawn to, the, to Father God. Jesus is interceding on my, my behalf. There's this tension going on 24-7 for a relationship me with God. And that's got nothing to do with me. That's just what's happening in the Spirit. So what I'm starting to realize is that relationship with God is not really about trying as much as it is about surrendering to the Spirit. Surrendering to what God is already doing. To letting go of our lives. To giving up control to what the Spirit is already stirring and doing in my heart. And then when we let go, it's like, poof, suddenly heaven and earth meet. The Spirit in me connects with the Spirit of God because He's, he's pushing. He's fighting for a relationship. He's pulling me in. Strong is like two magnets pulling. Isn't that amazing? God loves us so much that He pours out His Spirit in us so that He would pull us in that way. He could pull us closer to Him without us doing anything. We should just surrender to the Spirit, to a life of the Spirit. Stop fighting in the flesh. Start fighting the battle here. Stop trying to get our desires met in the flesh. And say, Lord, wow, teach us how to pray, God. Wow, God. Draw me in, Father. Draw us in, Lord. Meet us, God. Let us experience your presence. Are you with me this morning? Amen. So I just want to give you one slider of the how part of how, how to pray. It's not really a how to pray. It's, it's more like now pray. It's more like a guide. Because I don't want to give you instructions, then you're going to follow a set of rules. It's not about a set of rules. It's just a guideline. It's just a guideline. It's just a way to start. It's just the way I'm going to start this year now and for myself to actually grow in relationship with God, to grow in, in prayer. Wow, look at that slide that James made for us. Some of the things I've just sketched together, but James made the... Made the the slide, and a lot of these things I just got from different people. It's not even my own things. But the first thing is we must come as children. We must come as a child. What does it mean? We come knowing that God in heaven, as we come to him, we know that he's drawing near to us. As we come to him, we know that he loves us. We're not coming to him for his, to earn his trust, to earn his goodness, to earn his love. We know that he loves us. Amen? So we come as children. We come full of faith. Scripture says when we come to him, we must believe that he is. Believe that God is. And that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So that's how we come. We come as children and say, Father, thank you that you're going to bless me because I'm coming to you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are pleased with me. Father, I'm running to you. I'm coming to you as a child. We come with openness, honesty, and trust. Because that's children, openness, honesty, and trust. We come to God with openness, honesty, and trust. The next thing we do is we, we have a willingness in our hearts to repent. Because when we come to God, the first thing we say, God, is there something in my life that I'm still living in the flesh? What is the, show me one thing today, God. Don't blow me away with all the things. Just one thing. Just show me one thing, Lord, that I can change, that I can repent of today, that I can respond to today, and, and move away from that one thing. And this morning we're going to have opportunity to repent of prayerlessness in our generation and in our lives. And the next thing we do is we actually ask Father. We humble ourselves and we say, Father, we, we are clueless. I am clueless, Lord. I don't know anything yet about your presence. I don't know anything about prayer. I need to learn. I need you to teach me, God. I've not arrived. 
I'm growing and I'm learning and I know you're pleased with me. I know I'm, I'm your child, but teach me, God. I'm just a mere human. We ask. We ask, Father, to come in. And then we need to be willing to surrender, willing to repent, willing to ask, willing to surrender, to let go, to say, okay, now, Lord, you, you teach me, God, how to pray. Now you take over. Lord, now your spirit connects with Father in heaven. And um, this I got from, this fades I got from John Piper, where he says that if we want to practice prayer and not let our prayer life fade or fades, we must pray or practice prayer in, in these ways. The F stands for we must practice prayer free and form, meaning we must pray free prayer. Just pray what's on our heart. Just pray like you're speaking to anybody else. Just speak to God. But we also need to pray in form. In other words, make a list of the things that God is laying on your heart. Make a list of those things. Make a list of the names so that every day you can pray over those things. Pray through Scripture. There must be some kind of structure that you also pray. So free, we pray free, we pray in form. The A stands for alone and assembled. What God sees... How he sees us praying in, alone in a secret place, he rewards op- in open. Amen? So we pray alone, but also we pray when we come together. We need to come together because it's, when many coals come together, there's much warmth. There's much heat. We get excited and stirred up when we come together in prayer. So this is why Ignite Sundays on, on Sunday afternoon, 3.30. Okay, today there's not one because there's a prayer in Jansmat in the city hall. There's a prayer happening in the city hall for um, at 2 o'clock today for, for the country, for the nation. But every other Sunday, we, we pray here in the, um, in the youth center. We come together and we pray. I've been so stirred. My faith has been so stirred. I've learned so much from other people's prayers. Gathering together and pray. It so stirs the faith in me. Often when I don't feel like praying at all, I just force myself to go to Ignite. And after like 20 or 15 minutes, it's like, whoo! Now I want to pray. These people are on fire. Then it like gets me to pray as well. So we pray alone. We pray assembled. The D stands for um, distressed and delighted. We pray to God when, we, when things are going good. We pray to God when things are going bad. In distress and when we are delight, delighted. E, explosive prayers and expansive prayers. Explosive meaning Jesus, you're awesome. Jesus, you're the healer. Jesus, you're the king. Jesus, you're the savior. Explosive prayers, one-liners. But then we also pray expansive prayers, long prayers, paragraphs, where we actually pray through things. As they often say, we, where we give birth to something in the Spirit. You pray until that thing, that burden has left, lifted. So we pray long prayers, sincere prayers. So both short and long prayers. S stands for spontaneous and scheduled. We pray spontaneous prayers, where we are just there at work or driving in the car or in the mall or wherever, we say, wow, Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that it's raining. Thank you that it's nice and cold, cold and cool outside. Thank you for the rain that you're sending. God, thank you. Oh, Lord, help me with this issue that I'm currently facing at work. Oh, Father, I see that person is struggling in the queue. Bless them, Lord. Help them. Spontaneous prayers. But then also scheduled prayers. We've got a specific time in the day put aside for God and to pray to God. Are you with me? There's no, no other than any other important relationship in our life you know we we don't only send emojis to our wife little kissy and uh, smiley faces you know or babes i love you or babes you're awesome that's okay that's good that's a spontaneous part that's what makes it exciting and, and adventure that's that's very good we need to do that but we also have the date nights 
We also have the, the coffee dates. We also have the weekends away where we can learn to know each other's hearts, where we have cons- hours of conversation. Are you, are you with me? Same with God. Spon- the spontaneity actually is based on the depth that we have in our relationship with God. If we're really deep with God in, in terms of our scheduled time, spend a lot of time, then spontaneity will be easy. It will be spontaneous. <laughs> it will be what it says it is. It will just be out of the overflow. We'll just be speaking to God. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.